Welcome to Gear Vlogs Automotive Podcast, a hybrid call-in talk show where you, the viewer or listener of the Gear Vlogs YouTube channel, can tune in and listen to the latest in automotive news and happenings within the automotive space. I'm Mario Gear. Want to be a part of the show? It's easy. Just call our show voicemail hotline at 805 805- 419-5129 any time of the day of the week before the following Thursday and leave a message. Or now just join us live via the Clubhouse app and come on stage and be a part of the show. This takes place every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. If you're not already doing so, consider hitting that subscribe button, hitting that thumbs up, share this out, and tell your family and friends. So sit back, Crack open the cold one and enjoy the show. My first story for this episode 28. PGE and Ford to explore the F 150 Lightning all electric pickup truck as a backup generator for homes during blackouts and brownouts. Let's get into the story. Pacific Gas and Electric Company and Ford Motor Company are collaborating to explore how Ford's new F 150 Lightning pickup truck can provide backup power for. Customers' homes in the California Utility Service Area. Earlier this week, PG&E announced a similar pilot with uh, General Motors. And if you check my last podcast on episode 25, I go into detail about that particular pilot story. I'll have a link card in the show note descriptions for you to check out. So, um... Yeah, so if you want to check that out after the this uh, episode, check that one out. Now, back with the uh, rest of the story. That involves testing bidirectional charging capabilities to send electricity from the grid to the EV's battery and back in the event of an outage. The utility company has to cut off power for hundreds of thousands of homes and businesses last year to prevent power lines from sparking wildfires during high risk weather conditions so so it team so it's teaming up with automakers to find ways to avoid overstressing the grid today quote today we are seeing breakthrough opportunities at the intersection of energy and transportation industries pge ceo patty pope said in a statement as more electric vehicles and new charging technologies become available it is critical that we better understand how evs can interact with the electric grid and how we can best support our customers end quote ford announced plans to build the lightning with bi-directional charging capabilities back in may of 2021 the pickups 9.6 kilowatt of intelligent backup power and onboard generator that's making its debut in the lightning can provide up to 10 days of power for homes during an outage depending on home usage says pg&e ford has previously said it could provide full home power for up to three days on a full charge i'll get more into that and my opinions on that in my uh, monologue or end monologue or you want to call it but let's keep going Ford's intelligent backup power, which automatically begins powering your home if your lightning is plugged in at the time of an outage and then switches back to charging when the outage is over. We'll see its first installation 
in spring 2022. They'll be supported by solar, battery, and energy services provider Sunrun, which has partnered with Ford to install the 80-amp Ford Charge Station Pro and home integration system. Through an initial deployment with a smaller number of customer homes, PG&E aims to study Ford's technology and learn how it connects to the electric grid and help it keep and how it can support customers' resiliency during grid outages. Beyond that, the two companies plan to explore additional use cases for bidirectional charging technology. Now my take on this. The technology for getting back onto the grid, supplying your home, and everything's been around. Hence why you have Tesla, you know, with their solar systems and, you know, battery backups, such. The biggest obstacle is, has been, PG's reluctancy of letting these customers hook up into the grid and essentially cutting into their profits. This is the main reason why they're delaying this. You know, it's just crazy. So here's my take on it. This is all great and dandy, but why should I, the consumer, get into the debt by for a failing energy infrastructure that was getting fat off of all of the profits it was earning in years past? I can install a dedicated emergency generator system, as like the one pictured to the left, for you know, at my home for probably 98% cheaper than the cost of an all-electric pickup truck from either of the big auto manufacturers, be it GM, Hummer, or Ford at this time. I'm sure there are probably others that are in the works as well. And maybe even increase my property value by adding that generator to boot. So comment down below what you guys think. And let me know if you want to further continue this discussion on a clubhouse uh, room event to hear ideas and discuss your opinions on this. If there's enough interest, I will schedule a room in the following days or next week if there's enough interest for it. Um, I think this is the time we should uh, have this type of discussion. So. There we go. Volkswagen and Ford expand collaboration on MEB electric platforms. Ford to build another electric model based on the MEB platform. MEB volume to be doubled to 1.2 million units over life cycle. Next step of strategic alliance with Ford on commercial vehicles, electrification, and autonomous driving. Thomas Small, profitability and speed are now critical for finally achieving the breakthrough of e-mobility in Europe. Ford Motor Company and the Volkswagen Group are, are extending their e-mobility partnership. Ford plans to produce another electric model for the European market based on the MEB platform. The automaker will also double its planned MEB volume to 1.2 million units over six years time frame. The achievement was signed as part of a strategic alliance between Ford and Volkswagen which includes e-mobility, commercial vehicles, and autonomous driving. Designed as an open vehicle platform, the MEB Modular Electric Toolkit allows car manufacturers to electrify their portfolio quickly and cost-efficiently. 
Thomas Schmall, Volkswagen Group Board of Management Member for Technology and CEO of Volkswagen Group Components. Profitability and speed are now critical for financially achieving our breakthrough of e-mobility in Europe. We are tackling both together with Ford. Today's agreement will further accelerate the electrification of the two companies. This is also proof of the strength of the MEB, which provides a unique package of high-tech competitive costs and speed of implementing projects. The electric platform is thus the ideal solution for companies looking to speed up their electrification. The first port model to use the MEB will be an all-electric crossover. It is expected to roll off the assembly line at the Ford Electrification Center in Cologne from 2023 and will give a further push to the automaker's e-mobility strategy. Ford had originally planned just one model based on the MEB with a total volume of around 600,000 units. The company has not yet released any details about the second planned model. Stuart Raleigh, chair of Ford of Europe, our strategic alliance with Volkswagen is an important element of Ford's commitment to offer an all-electric range of vehicles that are uniquely Ford and designed to meet the mobility needs of a modern Europe that is leading the first fight against climate change. For Volkswagen, expanding the collaboration with Ford will take it one step closer to becoming a platform supplier for electric vehicles as a further pillar of addition in addition to the core business. The MEB platform, which can be used by various brands and manufacturers, already provides the technology based on 10 electric models from five brands used to build approximately 300,000 units in 2021. It is one of the leading electric platforms worldwide. The MEB offers a high level of competitiveness while providing considerable freedom in design and model development. It covers a wide range of segments and vehicle types from compact vehicles up to SUVs and vans. The most recent model based on the MEB is the Volkswagen ID Buzz, which celebrated its world premiere last week. The MEB also offers a much more competitive cost based compared to other electric vehicles due to the utilization of economics of scale worldwide. It is mainly manufactured at the German location of Volkswagen Group Components in whatever I'll pronounce those names, you can read it in the article. Um, to help achieve the breakthrough in e-mobility worldwide, Volkswagen shares the MEB with other group platforms with partners. The newly created business unit platform business is responsible for these partnerships, Volkswagen's future platform, SSP, will also be shared with partners. The use of various brands and manufacturers is also being taken into account in the development uh, from the outset. So there you go. I think this is the future of uh, the automaker industry going uh, forward is a uh, partnership and alliances, you know, you know, going into an electrification age, good, bad. Comment down below what you think and your opinions. The Alpine A4810, the latest concept unveiled by the students at the IED Design School. The A4810 represents a futuristic 
hydrogen-powered two-seater sports car or supercar. It has been designed by students at the IED Design School in Turin in collaboration with Alpine. The model embraces next-generation technology without losing sight of losing sight of the traditional roots of the Alpine brand. The name A4810 conveys the brand's legacy as 4810 in the height of the Mont Blanc, which is the most emblematic peak in the Alps. Today, 28 master's students studying transportation design at the IED presented their own take on the concept of sportiness with the A4810 project by IED, a hydrogen-powered two-seater supercar based on a brief from the Alpine design team. The A4810 is a car that embraces next-generation technology while also championing the traditional characteristics of the Alpine brand that was founded in 1955. A model that is not only technically technical advanced, but also environmentally friendly. The A4810 provides a glimpse into the future supercars. The student-led project is an ideal way for Alpine to broaden its horizons to new generations of designers and drivers and raise awareness of innovative projects presented by talented students. An innovative concept car created for a sustainable future. The Alpine A4810 project led by IED has a length of uh, 5,091 meters with 2,010 millimeters in height of uh, 100 or 1,055 millimeters wheelbase of 2717 millimeters. It's a two-seater supercar with experimental combination of the shape of a Berlinetta with a hydrogen powertrain while the engine and fuel tanks are built like those on a typical hypercar the subtraction subtraction process is proof of strong innovation the design element between empty and full spaces giving the vehicle a lightweight look aerodynamic features inspired by F1 models. Furthermore, the A4810 project led by IED was tasked with bringing the brand to the cups of sports car category. The French spirit has been skillfully preserved while avoiding the pitfalls of unnecessary formal elements. Designers focused on the overlapping layers and sculptural aspects of the car silhouette. The bitone color, matte black, and carbon fiber highlights create a bold contrast with each part of the car, making them stand out according to their function, aerodynamics, mechanical, or merely formal. The team of students used digital tools to design the interior through sketches, 3D models, renderings, animation, and HMI, human-machine interface, developed in incorporating hydrogen power supply it means that they developed a full-fledged concept that is almost ready to take the road of a much sustainable future one without emissions
an IED-led project in collaboration with Alpine. Alpine challenged the students to design a super Berlinetta for the year 2035. The two-seater supercar was designed to be a high-performing vehicle, both in terms of performance and environmental impact. After After the brief was given, last alum, students worked individually to come up with their own interpretation and present it to the brand. Alpine then selected a combination of two main ideas based on two selected proposals. The young designers created the A4810 project by IED, a light yet powerful and agile concept car that boasts pure driving pleasure. During the design phase, the students sought to combine vision and innovation without losing sight of the traditional roots of Alpine brand. Furthermore, they chose a name that conveyed the brand's legacy. In fact, the 4810 is the height in millimeters of the Mont Blanc, the highest and most emblematic peak in the Alps that sits at the border between Italy and France. Like a bridge connecting, connecting IED and the Alpine, the brand Alpine is named after the very same mountains and evokes the joy of driving along those windy roads. The director of IED, Turin, said, As in previous years, through their most important project, the master students have embraced notions of skill trans- transversely and teamwork in a fertile and visionary environment. This is part of the IED. DNA and will help prepare students for the challenges the industry will face in the future and serve as a foundation for their professional success. Alpine's contribution was one of the passion, enthusiasm, and constant presence and marks another milestone in international collaboration. Furthermore, this was an opportunity for students to work under the guidance of Anthony Villain. Alpine director, design director, Ralph Lenari, Alpine chief designer, and a number IED alumni who had the pleasure of seeing again. Alpine design director said, collaboration with the IED design and its students has been a great experience. It was a filter for us to see the brand through the eyes of younger generations but also an opportunity to share our passion and know-how and giving them sound advice for a successful career in automotive design. The Alpine A4810 project by IED has been a very exciting experience with IED students and lecturers, added uh, Alpine chief designer. The result is a futuristic supercar that explores new territories for the brand in terms of package, propulsion, and design language. The different creative approaches of the young, talented students combined with IED know-how gave rise to some very interesting responses. Furthermore, the extraordinary final result makes the collaboration a resulting success. I don't know. I could imagine Sidla would like to see a working prototype and seeing uh, how she'd handle I just don't know if... uh, how it would hold up in the road conditions of uh, here in the U.S. and California, let alone. I know of quite a few pothole-laden uh, roads that uh, would not do well with that uh, front splitter. 
So it makes you wonder if they would provide any kind of ride height uh, assist for those situations. Yeah, comment down below what you guys think, and um, yeah, let's hear your thoughts. NASCAR Camaro ZL1 to enter 24 hours of Le Mans. It's being reported that since 2019, the Chevrolet Camaro, as we know it, will die after the 2024 model year. It's due to be replaced by a soulless electric sedan that will represent absolutely nothing to anyone who cares about the things we love. Before that happens, though, the Camaro will be given the chance of a lifetime in the world's most prolific motorsports event. NASCAR and Hendrix Motorsports have announced a cooperative venture to enter a modified Cup Series Camaro in the 100th running of the 24 Hours of Le Mans in 2023. The plan was announced from Sebring International Raceway on the eve of the WEC's 1,000 miles of Sebring and the IMSA 12-hour of Sebring due to run this past uh, Friday and Saturday, respectively. The specific specialty-prepped NASCAR Next-gen NASCAR Cup Series Chevrolet Camaro Z01 for Le Mans will be a collaborative effort between Hendrix Motorsports, NASCAR, IMSA, Chevrolet, and Goodyear. The car will fill the ACO's famed Garage 56, reserved for showcases of innovative vehicles that fall outside of the race's traditional class structure. Curtis Nows, Vice Hendrix VP of com com Competition, will oversee the project. Niles is, uh, has extensive experience as a NASCAR crew chief, having been part of all seven of Jimmy Johnson's Cup Series championships. Niles has also been plying his trade during IMSA endurance events as part of the number 48 Ally Cadillac program jointly run by Action Express and Hendrix Motorsports. It's understood Action Express will assist Hendrix in running the Cup Series Camaro at Le Mans. Further details will be announced in the coming months, but planning the conversion of a Camaro Cup chassis into a endurance race car is already underway. Modifi modifications like functioning head and taillights will be a must, along with air jacks to help facilitate pit stops. Easing driver swaps will need to be considered along with refueling and the fuel capacity among other things the next gen cup car has been heralded by many as the next as a step towards the, a gt3 style platform that introduces nascar to a modern era of performance this isn't the first time nascar has been to le mans though in 1976 nascar founder bill france senior organized the entry of two grand national stock cars, a Dodge Charger, and a Ford Torino into the 24-hour race. French media called them monsters. <laughs> this isn't the, even the Camaro's first trip to Lassar either. The pony car was represented in the 81 and 82 races by Bill Hagen's Stratograph Racing. The 81 car was a second-gen Camaro body draped over a tube-frame outlaw chassis housing a 600-horsepower, 393 small-block stroker motor, while the 82, the second-gen, was joined by a 
third gen with a 358 cubic inch V8. In case you're curious, the third gen finished second in its class and 17th overall. Due to the Garage 56 rules, the next gen Cup Series Camaro won't be eligible to compete for the overall victory in, two, in 2023, but it will be officially scored as part of the race's overall classification. 2023 will also mark the last trip to the Le Mans for the Corvette C8R, which is due to be replaced in 2024 by the Corvette Z06 GT3R. So there you have it. Tell me what you guys think. Leave your comments down below. Is that something you're going to want to see? And, uh, yeah. Maserati unveils all electric plans starting with a new 1200 horsepower Gran Turismo. Key points. Maserati plans to offer an electric version of its unique lineup beginning next year with a new Gran Turismo car featuring more than 1,200 horsepower, the company said on last Thursday. The Gran Turismo Fulgore, I hope I pronounced that right, will be the first all-electric vehicle for the famed Italian brand, which is owned by Delantis, formerly Fiat Chrysler. Maserati CEO David Gresso described the EV transformation, including a target to go totally electric by 2030 as a defining moment for the company. Detroit luxury auto brand Maserati plans to offer electric versions of its entire lineup by 2025, starting next year with the new Gran Turismo EV featuring more than 1,200 horsepower, the company said last Thursday. The Gran Turismo Volgore will be the first all-electric vehicle for the famed Italian brand, which is owned by Stellantis, formerly Fiat Chrysler. It's expected to have a top speed of nearly 190 miles per hour and achieve a 0 to 62 mile per hour in just under three seconds, the company said. After the Gran Turismo, Maserati will introduce the all-electric Grey Cal's midsize SUV and Gran Cabrio GT car. By 2025, Maserati also plans to add electric versions of its MC20 supercar, Quattro Porto sedan, and Levante SUV. Maserati the CEO on Thursday described the EV transformation, including its target of going totally electric by 2030 as a defining moment for the more than a century-old automaker. Nearly all major automakers, specifically luxury ones such as Maserati, have announced plans for EV to represent a majority, if not all, of their sales by 2030. Preview images of the electric Gran Turismo released last Thursday show a smooth exterior design for the four-seat coupe. Maserati did not release expected pricing for the new EV. Its current traditional model ranges from about 78000 to more than 200000 so what do you guys think? Are you going to be looking forward to an EV uh, Maserati sports cars? Do you think they'll be even attainable pricing if they get st slowly start getting mass produced? Will we see a sub uh, six-figure electric uh, luxury or sports car that the masses can possibly afford? Or even under 50000 If so, what cars would you like to see under the 50000 mark? Let's say... European sports car market levels at current USC8 prices. So, okay, let's go under 90,000. 
pricing. Comment down below what you guys think.